that's the thing that uh, people don't see. We get that big fancy countdown. So used to, we'd just start these podcasts and not tell anybody. Oh. That always made for some good good opening acts. Yeah, because no telling what you're talking about at the time. Yeah, no kidding. We don't we don't give them warning. <laughs> we just start talking. Right. So, but yeah, I wanted to introduce everybody to you real quick because, you know, the first I had talked to you probably was the other day. Yes, I mean, Even as far as, you know, even a customer or something. And we got talking and your story is pretty crazy as far as, you know, everything that you've done. I'd say if you could chase it with a dog, you've pretty much done it at this point, huh, Skip? Pretty much. Pretty much. Everything from armadillos on up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so today we've got uh, Skip Conroy with us, who's currently residing in Montana, right? Yes, sir. Frenchtown, Montana. You, the accent doesn't match the state, bud. No, no, a little farther south, you know. So, no, I come up here really 12, 13 years ago now we left, you know, and moved out here. Actually, kind of followed the boys, you know. My boys playing football and stuff out here in college and kind of come this way. I got a lot of family out here, too, you know, well, my grandma's side, you know. And oh, yeah. Wanted to get away from down there. It was growing up too fast down there. So, we're uh, <laughs> That's the truth uh, everywhere now. Oh, you ain't wrong. Since this pandemic, boy, Montana's really blowed up. It seems to yeah. be, you know. So Well, I can't imagine. I haven't been back since probably, man, it's been at least 10 years. I went back here? elk hunting with my dad oh. and a buddy of his, oh, buddy of mine out of, uh, Oh, down by Annis. Annis, okay. Outside of Bozeman. Yeah. But I can't imagine how much it's grown. All the TV publicity you guys get probably doesn't help Man, that either. Yeah, it's gone crazy. It's really, it really has. Like I say, since this pandemic stuff, it drove prices up, everything, you know. And then the year of the pandemic, they shut down. You didn't want to be in these woods hunting because there was people standing around every tree. You know, yeah. I mean, it was really... It was tough, you know, I mean, as far as what you were used to, you know, and now last year and all, it started calming down. You know, yeah. Did a lot better. Yeah, yeah, it's like we were talking the other day. Sometimes it just feels like you can't get lost anymore. Since COVID, especially, there's yeah, a car at every pull-off. There's, you know, campers everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they are, you know, and just they're just trying to get away from it, too, I think, you know. Right. But, uh We've been hoping we ain't had a good winter in a while, so we're hoping for a good winter to maybe run some folks off, <laughs> freeze them out. <laughs> so you know, but yeah, it's been, but it's good. It's a good time out here. I like it. You can't get away. You just got to get further back. You know. Yeah, just keep so, pushing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so no, we've enjoyed the heck out of it here. You know, so and like I say, running dogs anymore. Now we got this bear season out here. That's even makes it a plus. You know, oh, that's a huge win. I was so oh. pumped to hear that. Yeah, yep. It's a yeah. You ought to come sometime for sure. You know, one of these days. Yeah, someday when when I have a bunch of free time and kids there are grown, go. man, I'm gonna call in all these favors all over the place, and I'm just gonna take off. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Hope they one day I'll retire and get to instead of being a weekend warrior. You know, hit it yeah. all the time. So what do you do for a living? I work for the University of Montana, uh, facility services, labor, 
You know, we do a little bit about everything from equipment okay. to concrete, football games. You know, so we we stay pretty darn busy there. You know, love that. So, and that's like we're in football season right now, which you know it's all good. Start this coming Friday, taking off for a week. Hopefully, the milk will be going. You know. Oh yeah, you so, take it off hunting. Oh yeah, yeah. I take a week off every year. Get up here during bow season. You know. Yeah. So, and then Heck we go yeah. into gun season, and then first de- of December, I think it's lion season. You know, so we just kind of think ends Thanksgiving here, basically that Thanksgiving weekend, and then good rolls right on into December first, and you know, trying to run one then, and then it gets yeah. out of that and goes into our bear season. So, so are you running the same dogs then? Did you just switch your lion dogs over to bears? Yeah, yeah, we had um. This little red, little red bone dog we got, and uh, she's pretty. She treated a couple cats on her own last year too, and that's pretty good, you know. So we got a lot of mainly a few other younger dogs. So it wasn't too much change training them over, changing them over to the bears, you know? right? So and some of them like that. I think they actually like the bear a little better, you know. A little red bone dog, she'll run and she'll tree. I ain't gonna say she's gonna get down in her fight, but I think she likes right. cats a little better, you know. Than she does the bears, but how's she bred? You know, I really don't know. My son picked her up out of Idaho, so I really don't know. She's probably one of the smallest red bones I've ever seen. You know, she's yeah. God, she'd be lucky. She's thirty pounds. You know, so really she's, looks like a grown beagle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, no, she's uh, just pretty good. Then we got let's see, we got an English dog. That old speckled up walker dog and a couple of tricolor walkers, you know. So right on. got a little bit of speed there on a couple of them, you know. You'd like to have them a lot more. Need a couple more faster ones. These sure. bears like the side hill a lot and cover some ground. They can know? move, huh? Oh boy, they can they, you know. So nothing like them lions, you know, for us on our what we've done, you know. How do you like it in comparison? To lion hunting? Yeah. Oh, ain't got to deal with snow. You know, That's snow just keep going to a tree sometimes, you know. But no, I like the bear hunting. A um, lot different, even lion hunting here, more relying on your GPS. Because I had this session here a while back, y'all were talking, you and buddy, I think it was talking about going, not turning your collars on, you know. Well, I grew up in oh, yeah. era, we didn't have none of that. And then we went to, you know, we used to call them the beepers, you know. Right. You'd have a get a double beep for a tree collar, you know. But uh and now it does help because they get around the backside of a mountain where down south everything's flat. They don't get out of here too much in case it's windy. You know, sure. you get around. So they help a lot. They really do getting back on them. I mean, you lose contact with them, you know. Right. Drive around and pick them back up. But no, it's a, it's a little tougher. You know, we had a one this year, me and my boy kind of rode the dogs in the afternoon. It was during bear season. We just figured we'd get them a stretch out and during the middle of the week. And, well, yeah, naturally they hit one, you know what I mean? And he struck out, and we run him, ran into some wolf sign the way they went into there. So it got after dark, which here you got to pick them up. So that's what I told you. We did an all-niner. Hadn't done one yeah. in a long time. So we had we went in on foot, got back in there on them. You know, and they were bait up and stuff. And so we didn't get back here to the house until it was 10 after five in the morning. 
We left like at six in the afternoon. So that's always fun. Oh yeah, it was a fun one, you know. But uh no, they stuck with him though, even in the dark. Now it was a kind of a big thing we had down south, and I don't know what it was. We always said because you got a bear, he's black. Well, dogs run in a baying. Well, when they back out, they can't see when he slips back out of the hole. So it'd always be a pause, and then all of a sudden they get sure. into him, and he'd you know he turn around and run out of the hole and go on. And didn't seem to have that problem up here that night. That's the only time we ever got on one at night. We were really trying to get him out of there, you know, right? Because they kept covering country on us. So yeah, I've always wondered that. You know, it's. Uh... I think the dogs that are close, like those real bear dogs, mm-hmm. you know, once they really get a thirst for it, yeah, I don't think you're going to have that problem. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're going to know when he turns around. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I'd say down there is so thick, you know, so I don't know. You know, they'd run into there and the scent still strong. We, we just never could figure it. It'd always be, they'd go in there and it had him bayed. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they'd be bay, bay, bay. And all of a sudden they'd break out and run. But if he crossed a road or something at night, they were way behind him, you know. So he would. So we don't know. It was just one of our theories we had back sure. then, you know, on it, you know. So because we had, we had tons of bears down south too. We just don't. So where at down south? I guess let's back it up. Where did you start, and what was your first experience with dogs? Because lions and bears is like the tip of the iceberg. But, yeah, I grew up in Florida down there. My dad was. Run a lot of hounds, and actually, we deer hunted. I mean, that was a lot of, and it's still big in the south of deer hunting with hounds. You oh, know, they've yeah. been, gosh, we had this one in fights you do every year. You know, because people are trying to stop it. More people are moving in there from different states that aren't used to it, and they think it's wrong. Oh, yeah, but it's pretty darn tough to look, identify a deer, the illegal buck. And now it used to be a five inch spike. Now it's, I think he's three on one side. You know, you got to oh, identify wow. that on so what people call a two track or a dim road, and plus, you know, try to get Fraction him. You know, it's, like, it's a little tougher than still hunting a lot of times. It keep it makes the day go by because you're constantly running deer and stuff. You know, but anyway, right. it started in Florida. Beagles. My dad bought me my first dog when I was, or gave me one. When I was seven, eight, maybe. His registered name was Skip's Woods Buddy. You know, so that's what my dad put on. Oh, him, that's but, cool. Yeah, and so we just went off from there, and gosh, we run dogs. And then my wife, their family had hounds too. So when her and I first got married, I think we had 21 head of eagles, you know. And it was a uh, boy, when you turned them loose on one, you knew it. You know, you Those could hear noise makers. Yeah. And then wasn't long after that, I ran to a buddy of mine, got into coon hunting a little bit. My dad run a few big dogs, not many, run mainly blue dogs when he did, you know, and, uh, I don't know. Just I like the coon hunting and got into it and run some English dogs in that. And, and we slowly got into bear hunting and hog hunting because it was all the, you know, you could have told you before, you can run a bear, a dog on a bear, a hog, and a coon. You pretty much use the same dog. We used to call combination dogs. You'd have a dog with a, you'd have a strike dog. And then you had these combination dogs because we had deer dogs too. Sure. So you can't, you have too many dogs. There's always something in the pen. And we never put our deer dogs on any bear or hogs or anything, you know. So right, and it just went from there, you know. And as far as running everything is, you spend enough time in the woods, you're going to trash on different things, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> and that's how a lot of the coat running and everything started, you know. So and that's why I was telling you before we used to have big fox pens down there, you know, and just 
I think that's how we got our code back down there. Yeah. Because they were putting them in them and they just got out, I think. And sure. Now you got a ton of codes down there, you know. So I've always thought it'd be cool to go to one of them fox pens. It's crazy. I don't know. Like, I would not expect my dogs to even, you know, I've seen when they do, like, you can rent your time and you can take your own pack. Like, something yep. like that would be awesome. Because I thought, you know, that's a great training tool. But as far yes. as going down and turning, I mean, how many dogs they kick loose in one of those things? You know, in a fox pens, I don't know, Mr. Reedy and them, they had some, and they were probably 600, 600 acres, you know, but they had like a 50-acre puppy pen in the middle, too. So if you just had some young dogs, some pups, you could go in there and just run them that night. Friday night and Saturday nights were pretty big nights where, gosh, I don't know how many dogs they turned loose. I never really, I went down and just listened to dogs and all. Never got into fox hunting a lot. You know, it was one of the things when it happened is you had a race, you know, type deal. Right. But uh, I bet you they'd be 20, 30 head at a time. Easy, you know. And the puppy pens, they were neat. Because them old pups, they would just scream. You know, and running dogs, you got to, and even in fox pens, you got to go pull them. You know, because, yeah. I don't know, it's too much of them running dogs. They'll run themselves. They'll blow themselves up, you know. They're just it drives in them, you know. They got extra gears, that's for sure. They sure do. That's what you and I was talking about there. Because I run mainly a lot of tree and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. when I got there. Because I wanted to tree and stuff. And that's why I'd never heard of really guys down there talking about tree and fox, you know. I mean, they may have. I just never, never told. I mean, I think I told you before. We'd run and hit a bear at night if we were coon hunting, and we'd run and dream, and then Walker would come screaming in there. But as soon as he hit a tree, they didn't. They just walked around the base of the tree. We'd get to the tree, and our dogs would be tree, and they're like, where did right. the race go? You know? They don't even know what happened. <laughs> no, they were just joining the race because if they can hear a dog, they're going to go to him. Because I don't know how yeah. y'all do it. A lot of times how they call their dogs in, they got it on a PA system, and they just put it in their truck. And so when their dog, they want to call their dogs in at night, they go under the dog pen at feeding time, you know, and they're cranking it. And then they'll sit right. there and they record that. <clears throat> so then they'll just drive through the woods, go get on a hill and crank it up, boy, and call their dogs in. You know, oh, dogs keep like calling them in. Yep, they call the them pack. in. That's a good idea. Yeah. So or, where we're at, you know, we're pretty close to them anyway. If I'm within five to 700 yards, I mean, that's – if you're in good country and it carries, you can call them in from that far. Right. Or we'll honk train them just to the truck, yep. you know, get somewhat close and beep the horn. Yeah. The biggest problem is uh, you got to be kind of careful. Even when you're hollering for dogs out here, it's different because if you were to blast something or yell really loud, the echo will start playing into weird effects. Like you'll get dogs taken off the opposite direction. Or yeah. bumping finger ridges because they, they can't pinpoint it. And that's, well, that's a what, big thing. Yeah, we found out there a lot of time when you call a dog, if you'll turn around because you got the mountains and all, if you'll face the other way and call him. Because like yep. you're saying, it's like, it's got to be on that bouncing off stuff, you know. So if you kind of turn away from them and hoop them up, you know what I mean? They'll seem to come in a heck of a lot better yeah. than facing them. Where down there is all flatland. didn't matter, you know. Right. So just you called them right in like that, but yeah, but, you know I know guys use uh, air horns too, like an air yep. horn or or uh, you know some guys still have traditional horns. Yep, we my dad just yell like my dad. Yeah, I got my dad's cow horn. He do you? Yep, he scraped it out. You know, when I was younger, I could blow that thing. I found it here. I think it's over there. 
I tried it here a while back and couldn't do it. You know, I don't, yeah. don't know what, just lost it or something. But when I was a kid, I could do it, you know, and it's weird. Now, I used to have an old boy at Hunter was named Paul Britt. He was a long, uh, open semi-driver. Anyways, he had a, a horn off of a semi, and that's how he called his dogs in. But he yeah. had a hard hearing, too, so he'd hold that horn up to his ear, too, and listen oh, for them man. dogs, you know. So Really? Yeah, that's, he, he was something else, you know. That's some ingenuity. Yeah, it worked, you know, because I mean? we all kidded him. And he said, no, you come here and listen to me, boy. And he'd sit and you put it up there and you could hear, you know, oh, you yeah, could hear I'll him bet. a lot better, you know, so. You know, I've never picked up a horn. I've always thought it'd be cool to make one. You yeah, know, my dad did that. I made a, used it. glass to scrape it, you know. Oh, really? Yep. So, because, you know, a cow horn slips. I used to, I did taxidermy work for quite a few years, had a shop. And so you boil them and they slip right off, you know. Right, that sheet. Yep. So like antelope and all does the same thing, you know. And then you just you just got to clean it and boil it like he did. He scraped it with a piece of glass and made it slick and shiny. And then on the mouthpiece, he used that same thing and whittled it out, you know. So so is it like a, like a bugle or a, a trumpet mouthpiece kind of or more like a reed? No, he he put it in there on his. And I can show you there. It's a like a trumpet piece, I guess, because he just carved it. You know what I mean? With that glass, he carved the loop, and then he carved the inside. You know, where then okay. it, made, it had the hole there. You know, from the tip. You know, right. just. I mean, I was a kid watching him do it all the time. He'd be sitting there watching TV, scraping that thing. You know what I mean? Getting it ready. You know, <laughs> hours so just, and hours. Oh shoot! Yeah, shoot! Yeah, so. But yeah. no, it was, I don't know, just like say different ways. I don't know. I guess folks still might do it in some places, but I think it's getting pretty much Florida went to, I think the last couple of years, you you got to run GPS system on your dogs if you're going to run them. And I think Montana is the yeah. same way, you know, no more turning a dog loose free, you know. So yeah. it, it helps because down there you had people always throwing dogs, not always. You had quite a few throwing over the fence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Running deer off somebody's private property back onto them. So, and it's just got a handle on it. We can say, I don't know what my dog did. He can't read signs, you know? Right. So, but no, that's, I don't know. Kind of how I got my start. So it was him. Uh, my boys run a third generation, you know, as far as that dairy goes. And got a granddaughter coming up who likes it, you know? So she that's don't like awesome. the snow. She don't like the lion stuff too much. It's too much snow. Yeah. That's what you were saying. She yeah. she was good with hunting, but she didn't like getting cold. Yeah. And then we got up there. We were breaking trail and we treated that female and we was going up there. Like I said, we got done. You know, our daddy was in front of us. She was between us and we was going. And I don't know. It's probably waist deep on her, you know. Um, sure. She's seven. So, anyways. Got there and we got back. She said, Grandpa, she said, you and Daddy come back to this. Over here, I, I'm going to stay at home with Grandma. You know, she had enough of that one that day. <laughs> it was a rough one, you know. So, you get a few of them. The other ones, if you could get all the nice ones, I guess it'd be not as much fun. I don't know. You know. It's hard, too, because it goes one of two ways, right? You either get the ones that make them, like, say, I'm going to stay with Grandma next time. Yeah. Or you get the easy ones. And you gotta explain to him. It's not like this well, all the time. And that's and then when she, the big one comes. Yeah, it's like she went on with us. We treat oh, we treat two uh blondes one day. She got to go oh, with wow. us on both them. 
we treated one that morning, a little bit later, treat another, bumped another one. And uh, so she went with them and she thought that was pretty darn neat, you know, going and they weren't, gosh, 500 yards from your truck kind of treed, you know oh, what nice. I mean? They were kind of good. Coming up hill was a little steep, but they treeing down them bottoms, you know? So she liked them because she got to see the bears and all that stuff, but she just likes messing with the dog period too. So right. we keep her in it, you know? No, that's what you got to do. I mean, look at how long, how old are you, Skip? 62, going to be 63 here shortly. And you've been running dogs for how long? Uh, seven, eight years old. Probably. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. First one. As long as I can remember. I used to what you're dad. doing with her now, that's going to oh, stick. Yeah. I mean, Shoot. that's we so hope. awesome. Yeah, we hope. Because I remember I used to walk with my dad. We'd, you know, just walk dogs at night. They'd jump and run or whatever. We had a little bit of property, you know, and. I don't know if the dog didn't come back. He'd come back to the barn the next morning, you know, down there. Right. So you'd find him. And I don't know, my boys, I've been toting them, gosh, I know, since they were probably four or five, probably sooner than that. I know my wife, my oldest boy was born, he was six months old and she killed a, oh, y'all call him a three by, I guess you'd be a three by two he had here. You know, killed a buck with him, you know, and just, she was on the dog box. She run the dog. She put a blanket down there between the cab and the dog box. And she shot, she shot the first time and she ejected the shell out and shot again, looked down and he was, she said, she said he was hanging on to the brass down there. Laying on the oh, blanket. Man. So he's, he's ate up with it pretty bad, you know? That's so, awesome. But yeah, I know I've been running dogs and gosh, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, the kids are what a lot of it is, you know? Yeah. My boys, we, you and I talked about, when you go to them trials and kids run around like crazy and meet everybody. And it's just, it's a good time, mm-hmm. you know? So. It is it, like, I love taking my boys cause they don't get to see much at W, you know, yeah. cause I work from home. I mean, my office is 60 feet from my bedroom, you know? Oh, really? So they don't get to see a lot of what's around it. Every time we go somewhere, those kids are blown away at how yeah. many W stickers or W shirts oh. or hats. Yeah. Like, it, they walk in and they they just can't comprehend that this is what dad does all day kind yeah. of deal. Nice job. So it's good yeah. for them. It's yeah. good people to be around. It keeps those kids coming. Like there's nothing cooler than these field trials. Yeah. And yep. hearing kids running around screaming and having a good time, like it's not a problem. That's what we all kind of want. That's why we live this life too. That's it. You You said it right there. You know, it's like you were talking about, I heard you a while back talk about your bear camps, you know, in mm-hmm. our deer camps and stuff, it was, God, Joyce had a bunch of youngins, you know, in there. And at night they ran until they'd eat supper and go run around in the dark all over and come back and, you know, oh, yeah. but it was, it was good. You know, it was good, clean, healthy fun for me, you know? So, yeah. And then, but then they get older and it's still good. They keep, I mean, I'm fortunate, man. My boys. We do a lot of stuff. We hunt. We fish everything together still, you know. So, there's a – you'll find out down the road. It, it gets yeah. better. But when they start driving you, in the woods, oh, boy, howdy, you know. Game changer. Oh, man. They'd call me on the radio. And we, they say – you'd call me. They'd say, Dad, what are you doing? I said, uh, what do you do? What'd you do now? Well, we're stuck over here. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you'd run and you're dragging them out and – Tell him like I'm a, I used to tell my dad when I'd get stuck, you know, he'd hook chain to me, he'd take off. Whatever you do, you don't hit me. So you got to put a little more into it, give it a little more onion, you know what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> but it's all, we still talk about stuff like that, 
you know, so good times. It definitely makes it fun. I know we recorded when I went to the last trial over in LeGrand, my boys are always wanting to do podcast. They always wanted to do one. So we sat down one night. I don't know if we'll ever put it out there. Maybe we'll do it as like a little excerpt or something, plug it in. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I put those, we got these cool headsets. I'm not wearing one now, so you can't see it, but right. You know, you look like a fighter pilot. You got these (laughs) big earphones and this big mic hanging out the front. So I got my two boys sitting there and they just think they're king of the hill. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're big diamond. And, uh, you know, I thought they'd just clam up, you know, under pressure. Right. And just have the stage fright. The little one, he, he didn't, he didn't have a whole lot to say until it was time to be quiet. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, he gets a little shy. He's still finding himself. But man, Colin, he tells a story about trapping his coon and hunting. And I mean, it's like. It's great. I could fill an hour with you, kid. And it'd probably yeah. be pretty comical. Yeah. You need to keep that one for down the road whenever he oh, gets. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can say this is when you did this. You know, that's what we decided. We're just going to start doing some here and there with them, you know, about we do a lot of adventures, you know, it's either hunting or fishing or even just, you know, on the way to the field trials, we find stuff like the painted hills out of John Day. Oh, that was beautiful. I've never seen it. And I've lived in Oregon my whole life. Huh? It's uh, so we get to do some cool experiences and they get I thought, you know, you guys can tell your stories and someday you might like this. Yeah. It's easier to uh, to store audio files than like my mom. One day she hands me this box and I'm like, OK, what's this? Well, apparently it was every piece of artwork I had ever drawn yeah. or drawn no, since I was, you know, two. wife does that. She has done that <laughs> yeah. with my voice. All the baseball uniforms, you know, yep. you name it. By golly, it's there in pictures. Back then, everybody said, you know, 35 millimeter or Kodak, whatever. You Real know. film. Yeah, and lots and lots. So she's been putting them to the cloud. So yeah. trying to get rid of some albums, you know what I mean? Because we got tons of them, you know. Oh, but, yeah. Because how many times do you look at them? Except for you just you might sit around some time talking, break one out and remember this right. picture. I mean, you know, but family shows up or something. Yeah. Well, that's like yeah, I was listening to you on a podcast here. You're talking about I think it was here recently. They were giving you heck about sleeping under your truck. You know, but you say, yeah, (laughs) well, that's how our bear camps used to be. We might put a tarp up, but other than that, you'd just roll up there and throw, you know, a sleeping bag, whatever on the ground. And that was bear camp. You know, it was, they were roughing it. Nowadays, nah, you know, put that wall tent up with them cots and all. And I got made into a camp where I can leave in the mountains and, you know. Yeah, I'm learning as. I mean, I feel bad saying it. It's not like I'm that old. I'm going to keep telling myself that. But, you know, <laughs> like after you hit 30, the ground does get a little bit harder. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so, getting up in the morning. Yeah, you're fine going down. It's that yeah. first morning. Like getting to that first cup of coffee is a little rough. Yeah, buddy. You know. we. Uh, I don't know, man. We had some crazy times at bear camp because I remember – you know, it was my buddy's camp. They just invited us down before I even had dogs. Right. So we'd just drive down and we'd camp in the back of my forerunner. Oh, I had yeah. a little 88 Toyota forerunner. And that was before we had a camp trailer or anything. And uh, I remember one time we got down there and we were just going to camp. 
you know, out under the truck or under the stars while the snow came in early. Oh. And I remember my buddy Jake was, I mean, we had people in that trailer. It was stacked. Stacked. It was so dang cold out there. Yeah. I mean, the heaters, we couldn't even get them going. We were out of propane, freezing our butts off. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't forget them. Yeah. I've learned, like, those moments where you're so cold, you can't ever forget it. <laughs> You'll tell that story over and over. We had, we had a couple of them down in California that were like, man, I can't even handle the cold now after going through that. Like could feel the change because I'm oh, yeah. cold blooded. I mean, I like t-shirts in December. You know, but, that was Florida. When I moved out here, boy, it was a whole, I've, I don't know, I've been frostbit several times on my feet and all just. You know, it's I don't know. It's 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 a whole different ball game, and I'm mm-hmm. learning more and more. So about it, you know, we just can't jump out like down there. Cool for a little while, you jump out, but you warm right up. You know, here it get colder as the day goes on. You know, yeah. So we were up in um, we did some bear hunting up in California. Oh shoot, forty years ago, probably in Running Springs, Big Bear area up in that area. Oh, okay. You're talking about camping. So me, actually, well, she wasn't my wife yet. We were fixed to get married. And my dad and a good friend of mine, and we were camping. Ain't thought nothing about it. We end up, because there's not much flat ground there, so we ended up, all of us were piled up against the tire in the morning, I guess just from rolling over. <laughs> just rolled down. Just, yeah, just sleeping out. And we talk about that every now and then, you know, just like, how in the heck do we ever do that? You know, you think you're just, I guess automatically roll over and you just are headed downhill the whole time, you know, <laughs> but yeah. So my kids that. always ask me why, why you always got that bedroll in the truck? You know, they know what it is. I said, yeah. Cause I remember my roots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's easier. Honestly, I'm just too lazy to set a tent up in the middle of the night. Usually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a buddy of mine. He says, wherever he goes, first thing he does is set up tent regardless. He said, no matter what's yeah. going on. He said that way I'm covered for later on. He might he might have a drink or two, and he said he can always crawl in that sucker and it's always done. Yeah. That's the truth, man. You get to camp. I I love like our elk camp every year. We usually go over east and do deer and elk, but they've kind of changed the regulations now. So we'd always go over, and that was the first thing. You get camp set and you Mm -hmm. get cooking stuff set. After yep. that, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not yep. even talking until that's done. Right. And that's, and that's kind of my thing, too. Is we get in there and we get her set up and everything. Cause then, cause as other people roll in there wanting to come talk to you or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I get my stuff done. I'll walk over and talk to you then. You know? Right. So, but yeah. Well, and it's different. Like when you're hunting away from home or like in your case, relocating. Yeah. You're, you're not prepared for the, the changes, you know, like right. the cold. When you yeah. live in it every day, I'm sure you found things that are handy to have and gear to use. Yes, sir. It, it's like, you know, when you know the devil you're fighting, it's a little easier than these guys like traveling from out of state. I mean, like, I, that's a good question I'd like to ask you is what was were some of the key changes that you made for like, let's say these guys traveling from out of state to snow conditions or, you know, they're flying out to colorado or wherever they can hunt non-resident i mean what were some things that kind of stuck stood out to you well i got some matter of fact i got some buddies of mine that will be here friday uh they come out every year 
some of if they draw a tag, good. If not, they just want to come here and they hunt with the one, hunt with us, just go with you, you know. Sure. Um, you know, it's, each year they learn something new too. You know, footwear, boots are a major thing because of the ground, what you're doing here, climbing up and down. And then wear it layers. Layers are so much important so you can strip down, you know what I mean? And if you're, yeah. for us, everybody's different. I don't wear nothing heavy going in. If I'm going to go sit, then, you know, you keep it off. You're a little cool when you get there, but then you put it all on, you know. It was a a big thing, and they're way. learning more and more of that, too. They had big, bulky, heavy stuff, and now each year they come out, they're changing up and, you know, getting better gear, you know, if you want to say. Well, so. it's changed. The gear has changed so oh. much. Like, in the last 20 years, it's crazy. Yeah, you ain't wrong. Shoot, man, we wanted – Back then, you want a camo. Back then, it was Kmart and all. You ain't got it. Now, camo has gone totally ridiculous to me. You know, yep. I mean, no doubt. They make you put it with a ripstop and all that stuff in it. You know, you buy one set. If you buy all the layers, you know, you're in, you're doing an investment. And it should yep. last you several years. But like with us, when you go for seven to ten days, you need to have several. Because you're washing mm -hmm. clothes. You know what I mean? So, it's a... Uh, Cause this time of year you go to sweating and stuff a lot, and you know for them elk, and dang, it's a, one little bit of breeze and they blow everything oh, out the wrong way, you know. So, so do you? I mean, just because this is something new to me, I've known about merino for years. I was mm -hmm. too cheap to ever invest in it, you know. But when we started making it for W, buddy had sent me a couple to try out, and now that I've tried it. Oh, never go back to anything. It's the greatest else. stuff. It ain't thick. It ain't heavy. It ain't itchy. It's just I've got a few shirts in it, you know. Mm -hmm. And boy, I like it a lot. You know, really it's good. Just, it's lightweight. You know, yeah, it's super light. Even when it gets wet, I mean, because I'm gonna sweat no matter what. Oh, I'm yeah. a fat kid. Like I'm yeah. gonna sweat. Yeah, but you know, you rip a backpack off and your coat off and. It gives, you know, a couple of minutes to dry out, it seems like. It's not yeah. like it stays wet. Yeah, it don't take it's long. A, it's a game changer for sure. Yep. I, I, I agree with you 100% on that because some of the stuff I've got, I really like. And like I said, it's so thin. You ain't mm -hmm. putting 20 pounds of clothes on to hunt anymore. Where years ago, you did, you know. Yeah. Now, down south, you know, shoot, I own more dang jackets right now. I think I had the whole time I was alive down south because of <laughs> – you had one jacket, it's all you had down there, long sleeve shirts, because by nine o'clock, most days, it was warming back up. You were back into right. wear a long sleeve shirt or a t-shirt. You know, I don't know how many Christmas mornings I can show you pictures of us killed deer in t-shirts, you know, down there. Oh, yeah. I got a buddy of mine, he's passed away, but he's big, him and his family were big water skiers. Christmas Day, they lived on a lake, you know, all the no family kidding. come in a water ski. You know, it's just, yeah, you got days where you had frost. You know, I can remember some 17-degree mornings down there, but 100% humidity, boy, it's pretty darn cool, you know? Yeah, no kidding. So. Yeah. yeah. I think I was but changes from Mon there to Montana, I mean, that's a pretty drastic swing. Yeah. Plus, yeah. what about, like, snakes and stuff? You have to wear snake boots and stuff when you were down there? You know, I had them, depending on where you hunted. You know, I grew up Ocala National Forest, never worried about them. You know, and we had shaky tails down there. You know, you get around the water, you had, you know, water moccasins, you got pygmy rattlers, different stuff, coral snakes. But then I started, I moved, went up a little north Florida and did some hunting for about 10 years a lot. And we were in the water a lot. And so I wore them there because we had a lot of moccasins, you know, killed yeah. 
he killed snakes, it seemed like every weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and when the water dried up in them swamps down there, wherever there was a wet spot, them snakes, they found it. They're like gators. They go, gator, he'll go, he'll go find a wet spot if the hole dries up, you know? Really? And them snakes did the same thing, you know? And so when you're walking dogs, because we walked blocks down, we looked for tracks a lot, but then got in the middle of the day after you tried running what tracks you had, you just got out and you kicked the bushes, you know what I mean? Walking bump dogs them. and, you know, you'd walk up on them. Boy, and that was trying to holler at your dogs, getting them back away from there and all, you know, because I've had, I don't know, several dogs bit. I saved most of them, you know, but uh, it's just, they never, I don't know, pygmy rattler or stuff like that, hit them. Had a couple got hit in the head or jug, you know, around the neck. You lost them, you know. They go off kayaking and, you know, go find them. They're just piled up, you know. So, it You don't have to worry about that now, huh? No, just, not up here. You got rattlesnakes up there? <laughs> not up here. I mean, the east side, the east, eastern part of snakes. So, you know, like we go antelope hunting and stuff. You got some rattlesnakes. And then we've got some friends of ours that hunt in Great Falls area. They keep they keep stuff with them because they are. They coon hunting stuff and dang sure run into them, you know. Yeah, but not around where we're at so far. There's a few areas that have them. They say up here, I ain't seen any. You know, and I'm yeah, good we've seen that. a bunch this year. Have you? I, the snakes this year. I don't know what's going on, but it is a bumper crop. That is for sure. Huh. I've seen that, more snakes this year than I've ever seen. Really? That's what oh, you yeah. know. That's what we're having right now. I bet in the last three weeks to a month. The bears really come down out of the mountains. I mean, we're, they they trapped some more in the university the other day, you know. Oh, really? Most, most of them are dinkers, you know what I mean? 60, 80 pounders, probably first year kicked off a of mama, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, my boy's been in the woods a bunch, and a lot of the berries are dried up. And I'm thinking that's maybe why yeah. they're coming in. You'll find big huckleberry patches, not huckleberry, raspberry patches. They're dried up. My buddy of mine was in North Dakota Labor Day weekend. He said the blackberries are like half ripe. You know, yep. instead of just, I don't know, maybe it was because we had such a cool spring this year. I don't know. But I think, I don't know. Our berries, berries are weird. Like they're either burned off or they're not ripe. They're just now been out a couple, couple weeks in a row cruising around looking for bears. And, you know, we've been seeing them. Yeah. And they're all finally on the blackberries where usually they don't, they don't touch them. You know, if there's other food source, they're going somewhere else first. Really? Our mm-hmm. big and huckleberries. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Just you hear every day. You hear them. I seen one here not shoot a mile down from the house the other day. You know, we run back up there because it was we're right off the interstate, and they were running a frontage road, and he was a dink, you know, a little guy, sixty pounds maybe. And remember, I told my boy, let's run up there. He's probably gonna get hit on the road. Well, he wasn't. We talked to a gal out there. She said, "Yeah, he came through here and went right up them to a draw over there." So it just and this was, Good. well, I get off 3.30, you know what I mean? So, 3.30 in the afternoon, middle of the day, hotter than heck. And he was down there. cruising. You know. Guys that worked about every night are picking their trash up. Bears are in them. You know? So, it's just, I don't know. They're really down this year. Don't know what's up with that. It's more than it's ever been since I've been here. You yeah, know? it's different. What? So, when you get them on the university like that, do they have, like, the – state department of wildlife deal with it or is there something yeah. within the school that they do it no game commission come in i got a buddy of mine that i've known for a while did some lion hunt with him and stuff and he's part of that you know they come in and trap them he goes all that's one of his biggest jobs i think is goes around and traps bears grizzlies and stuff killing cattle and all and 
uh-huh. you know. So, uh, and I know last year he was trying to, he was, they were trying to trap the bears up there. I haven't talked to him this year, but I know they caught one last week, you know. Just so. culvert traps? Yep. Yeah, pretty much, you know. But, and like I say, almost all of it. It's like when our lions come into town in the winter. Most of them are just all juveniles, you know. Yeah. Follow the deer down. Adults either know. You know, like them, they'll go and they'll come in around bus stops and all. Now there's traps, or he'll go over. He's got the dogs. He trunk. Yeah, he's got a great job. Trust me, he gets to run all the yeah, lions like he has it. problems with. <laughs> I tell him, so you're very fortunate. I'd like to have your job, you know. But no, okay. so he does that too. You know, they caught. They end up one year, a few years ago. I think it was eight different cats they end up having to put down, and most of them are all juveniles. You know, they came yeah. in town around bus stops, stuff like that. Catch somebody's dog. Yard dog barking at them, you know. Don't know any better. Nope, don't, you know. So they're just yeah. surviving. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, we're just in their way, you know. But well, they're getting pushed. I mean, that's just it, especially like I've thought back to our, you know, COVID season mm-hmm. talk earlier. I think the activity is really messing with them too, because all the places that we used to go that might be, let's say, half hour out, you know. Yeah. And you were lost. Now that's like normal. You've got cars and people in it all the time. Oh, so it's like we're definitely getting out there more. Yeah, and it's what well, it was uh, crazy. It's changed game movement, I think, in a yeah. lot of ways. I think you're right there because you know you can backpack in three to five miles, you know, and you to a to a lake up there, and there's people on. You're like, dick. It wasn't that way before. You know what I mean? So yeah. And nowadays it's just like everywhere. Everybody wanting to get away. You know, so can't blame them. <laughs> no, oh no, don't blame them at all. Just you know, I guess maybe we can convert some of them. They realize why we like it out here. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Like I say, we're rooting for a big rainstorm. I mean, snowstorm to hopefully run half yeah. of them off. Anyways, you know, we had a big influence of none against them. Californians, you know, rolled in out here, you know, and they've really rolled the prices up. You know, and oh, stuff yeah. so between you but guys and Idaho, huh? You, between you guys and Idaho, even here where I'm at, we're like one of the first big areas, like Grants Pass, Medford area. Like a lot of a lot of the Bay Area settles here. Oh, really? It's got pretty good retirement, yeah. you know, facilities, it's got good hospitals, and we're pretty, so we're the first one they stop at. <laughs> stay. Stop here, don't look no further, huh? But that's so crazy because you guys just got your bear hunting for the first time yes. in that environment. That's what blew my mind about the whole thing was, A, you guys got it, which right. is awesome. But you did it during a time that there was a lot of influx in new residents from, yeah. I'm going to say, a predominantly liberal states. Yes. Um, it, it was pretty cool to see. Like I feel like houndsmen are getting wins. We're we're chipping away. We are getting little pieces here. Yeah, you know. Um, like I say we've been down south. We fought it for years because they're trying to get rid of running deer, running dogs, and we lost our bear season down there. We mainly had two two main areas: uh, North Florida and oh, up around Osceola, North Central Florida. Like, um, dude, that was due to record data record that the game commission wasn't keeping. So naturally they got mm-hmm. one, a person that got a judge to sign a thing and stopped it. And then we got it reopened for a little while and they told me it wasn't good enough and they stopped it again. So we lost our hound hunting on that, um, lost bear hunting period, not even still hunting on them. Um, 
but we fought every year. So fighting battle down there as far as keeping your fox running going. See, that's what you're talking about. See, there you're not allowed to kill a fox. You know, mm-hmm. if, if a dog catches him and stretches him, that's one thing. But as far as right. hunters hunting them, or there's really no trapping down there at all. Not that I can remember of any. When I was a kid, there was. You know, right. so, yeah, it was a good thing that they got it here. You know, you know, the one, this battle on this. And hopefully we can keep it. And I think a lot of guys around here, they weren't posting a lot of the pictures. You know what I mean? They were mm-hmm. posting like a bear treat or whatever. But no, that's about it. They weren't doing no... You know, stuff on the ground or nothing like that. Sure. You know, which was a good thing. It was good for us, I think. Everybody around here realized, uh, pretty sure realized what they have, you know. Just keep it classy. That's it. You got to, you know. That's because we have too many against us, you know. Yep. I believe. Now, do y'all have any wolves? We do in parts of the state. <clears throat> I mean, they're definitely expanding. All right. Yeah. We've got some... I mean, probably the most famous wolf in Oregon for a long time was OR7. I mean, that from the Rogue Pack. Oh. And that thing is pretty much responsible for populating all in NorCal and <laughs> Southern Oregon. Yeah. I mean, we had run-ins with him. I mean, I know we were hunting the same ground back in 2000. Hmm, I'm going to say 2011 because 12 is when they, they put the kibosh on it. Oh, really? But we had dogs bluffed out and wolves actually stalking them, you really? know, trying to find ways up the ledges. And yeah, the cattle and- ranchers, we hunted a lot of fruit growers land. So the cattle guys were up there running. You know, we, we were always relaying messages. If they saw dogs, they'd tell us if we saw cows, we'd tell them. Right. And they had warned us he was in there. Yeah. And sure enough. I mean, when the snow flew, he was right there, right under the dog and, and just really? waiting for a snack. Said anybody roll him up or Mm-mm. never got ready? No. That you know of? Huh. I don't I'm trying to think. He died years ago. Yeah. But yeah, that, that rogue pack's pretty notorious for being rough on livestock and Yeah. They've got and, some- and dogs. I mean, I, I didn't own the dog at the time, I'd say. She was out on trial. I was selling her to a buddy of mine and had a, an attack that I can't say was a wolf, but if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Yep. Yeah. It, it's pretty much a wolf right. <laughs> kind of deal. But, you know, it was it was a weird situation. You know, we weren't able to get everything to fish and wildlife that I would have liked to as fast as I could have. Right. Um, you know, I took it as a kind of a weird opportunity. It sucked. I mean, she was a nice dog. Really nice little red tick female that I brought back from, oh, Alabama. And... She was doing really good, but it was like an opportunity that I could make a, a a real conversation with our local fishing game. Right. You know, I, I knew the prior biologist. I dealt with him a bit. The new one I had not dealt with much. So I, I really just took that opportunity and put my foot down and said, you guys are going to see me. And, and we went in and I ended up taking the body in, have them check it out. Really? They had, uh, yeah, they had a government hunter wildlife aphis guy that you know i've known him and his family they've been houndsmen for years and years and years around here right um but yeah i just used it as a dialogue you know every time they wanted to refer to the dog right i I specifically remember telling them her name's loretta yeah oh yeah and i'd like you to refer to her that way i'm sorry it might sound stupid and cheesy but that's the world that we're fighting sometimes you gotta sink to the level 
and you're going to say the dog's name and we're not going to refer to her as an exhibit or anything of a lesser level. Right. And by the time that that was all done, I probably spent, I'm going to say 45 minutes with him. You know, it was a pretty long session. And by the end of it, you know, I think that it really got through to him. And I got to voice my opinion on some changes that could be made, not so much with the wolf management, but like, hey, there's a reason that livestock guardian dogs get reimbursed. Yes, sir. You have a depredation on a on a livestock guardian dog, it's a different story than a working dog, you know, hound. You know, and and I thought that that was a good way to just talk to him. Tried not to get mean and nasty. I mean, it sucks, man. That's a horrible thing to walk up on. In fact, oh. that's what brought it up with you and me was it was Aaron Kelly, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, here. Yeah, because we did that episode with him a while back. I loved that one. That was a great one. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you were saying you hunt kind of the same same yeah. area. And ran me and my son that. have been up in there, up in that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was First Creek area, you know. But uh, yeah, he, he had a phenomenal year going. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the year he had is unreal, you know, for treeing and running that many bears. And he just got up, probably just got into one of them drainages where they were at or to pack up there. And, you know, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's luckily we haven't run into that. And that's the biggest thing with bear hunting because at least lion hunting, you, if you can ride the area, some of these areas you can't get all the way around. You know, and try to right. cut a track, you know, see if anything's in that area, you know. And that's what me and my son, if we cut tracks in the winter and there's, there's lines, I mean, you know, wolves in there, we just go to another track. Try to, you yeah. know what I mean? Kind of hard in summer and when you're on the spring, when you're rigging, you know, dog strikes when, well, the way we go. Like I said, now one night we got in there, they jumped and we run and we were on foot trying to go in there and we started running a more wolf sign and all was we got to get him out of here, you know. Yeah. That's why we stuck with him all that night on foot. He's a lot younger than me, my son is, but he's all good. <laughs> I hung, I hung with him. He waited on old pops here every now and then, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, we I think I rigged one a couple of years ago because we uh, we ended up doing like a cat hunters gathering, you know, just a bunch of guys showed up at the same place during pursuit season. You know, we just had a, a get together. And somebody ended up seeing a wolf that oh. was coming across behind their dogs. So they were actually like the pack was split. They were running a cat and the front pack went through. The old dog was straggling behind and he had somebody with him. And this is all secondhand, but this is how I remember the guy saying this went down is this guy that was with him had never been hound hunting before. Yeah. So he says, well, Hey, there's, there's your dog in the road. And he, he says, well, what color? And it's black. He's like, that's not my dog, basically. And the wolf had gotten in between the split, the front part of the race, and that last dog. Oh, really? Yeah. And, you know, then word got back to camp. I mean, pretty much everybody split out of there after that. Nobody wanted to hunt around it, which yeah. I didn't either. Nothing wrong with but that. that morning, we were just a drainage over. And we came through and it was weird because they were dogs that knew what they were doing, but they were rigging it. Like, I mean, you would have thought they were rigging a bear, really? but it was real different because other dogs were hitting the deck. You know, they wanted nothing to do with it. So it was like, we couldn't figure out what it was and I wasn't going to risk it obviously. Yeah. But then after all this transpired, 
were like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's what was happening. Oh, he was rigging that wolf. Yeah. And uh, we had made a trip, you know, from my place to where we were up hunting was probably, I'm going to say five hour drive, give or take, you know, we right. towed the camp trailer up and planned on a couple days. Well, everybody split. So it was late. And I said, I'm not breaking camp tonight. I mean, we got a five hour drive home. It's nine o'clock at night. I'm yeah. not doing that. So me and my buddy, we we're just sitting around out there and you started hearing them on the hillside across from us. It's big drainage. And you can hear, I'd say at least five. I'm pretty sure we heard six to seven different wolves. Yeah. But it was one of the craziest things to sit and listen to. Right. Just pretty much, I'd say for an hour long, they were going back and forth. Really? And it was wild. Yeah, it is. And it it was kind of the connect the dots. Where we were was right in between all that. So I made a note, don't just turn them loose anymore if you know you're in wolf country. Yeah, no doubt. And that's, we've got lots of wolves here, you know. And that's, you know, you figure you get a pack of hounds that come in. Well, a pretty big pack of hounds, you figure it'd be all right. But, you know, they they don't have, a hound ain't got the killing instinct of the wolf, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I think you did a thing a while back. I was, I believe it was yours. Somebody was on there. They knew an outfitter up in British Columbia last year. Had seven head killed and one. You know, lion hunting in the wintertime. They'd come yeah. in on them. I think it was one of your podcasts. But anyway, I'd heard it. I was like, geez. You know, it's, it's a whole game changer. Took out his whole pack. You got to start Just all wipe them out. You know, and that's, that's tough. You know, dogs are, they're a tool, but they're a family member too. You know, when you have one for a while, you know, so. Yeah. And you, uh, <laughs> They're like that favorite screwdriver. <laughs> there you go. You always reach for that same one. Yeah. Yeah, know, exactly. Out there. You know, but, uh, yeah, I hope we never have to run it. I mean, I've came in on some hogs, killed some dogs before, you know, a little different. They ain't tore up like I've been told that they do on a, you know, sure. My wolf does, you know, they're, they're usually just cut and usually bled out or whatever right there, you know, so, but, uh, yep. I hope I never have to experience that for sure. Yeah, like I know it'll be interesting. I told Aaron we'd we'd have to get back together because I'd like to hear. You know, I'd kind of like to track that one just because he's got a pretty unique experience. Yep. Oh yeah. As far as you know, going through everything he went through in one season. Yeah. And I know when I talked to him off of the podcast, I told you this the other day. I was like, man, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you realize how lucky you are, oh, right? Geez. Like this is not a once in a hundred people, thousand yeah. people. Like you're having the starting season of a lifetime yeah. right now. No doubt. And, you know, he was still pretty humble about it. You know, yeah. he knew, which was nice. Yeah. I, um, I've hunted that area up there and shot some bears in that area still hunting, you know, before we got our dog season. There's a lot of sign in there, you know. But, right. And, but a whole different ball game when you got the wolves, you know, in there. So we try to stay out of that. Maybe we ain't going to run as many. Who knows? You know, but uh, I'd rather have them run another day. You know, yeah, if no I can help it. You know? Hey, sometimes the animals win, contrary to the antis. Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, so my, my boys bust my chops. I said, boy, sometimes they do win. That's just what happens. Deer hunting, elk yep. hunting, it, you know, it, it, it's hunting for a reason. That's it. And I think they, I think they win more than they lose. 
to be honest with you. You I know think, it. You know, you, <laughs> if you went out every day and nailed one every day, it's like, okay. But when you do, you go weeks and weeks before you finally, to me, they do a pretty good job, you know? Yeah, no kidding. But um, I was hoping I could find that episode number here on the fly, but it was a, wide, a ways back, but it was with Aaron Kelly. Yep. Yep. And I'd, like, seen that. And I'd like to find this number here for the listeners. I think it's right here, working backwards, if I remember right. Oh, wait, no, I take that back. That one was with Yuri. I'll have to find it and try to throw her in the episode notes here, because that was, I would say, a really good one, especially for rookies. Yeah. You know, somebody who's fairly new to this, uh, just as like a perspective, I thought that was a great one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I would... Especially how y'all did it and he was going through and then how you ended it with him. Well, he lost what, five head, I think it was, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, I think it was five. Yeah, when he was saying when he started running up the road and he had beeps on him or had him located, but he wasn't hearing nothing at 200 yards. He knew something was up. You know what I mean? No, just yeah, the dog was here and the dog was there, you know. I could. Uh, that has got to just be gut-wrenching, Oh, you know, knowing what you're walking in on. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt. And then I guess we scattered the other dogs. I think it was, mm-hmm. you know, curious they now get, to see what the mother dogs would do. As far as I don't know, I I guess for the true bear dog, it ain't gonna matter. He's gonna roll right on in, you know. Yeah. But we had a dog one time. A buddy of mine did a big red bone dog, and so down there you'd run a lot of deer, and it hit the it hit lakes and stuff, and swim the lakes. And this red dog, he had a name Cherokee. So anyways, we run down to the edge of the water line there, see if it was a buck or whatever it was swimming in the lake. Well, he hit the water and was going across there. Well, gators, they eat the heck out of dogs down there, you know. And uh, he caught, that gator caught that dog. And so a good buddy of mine, he was telling Brass, he just just shoot the dang dog. It was just water splashing, you know, just everything going on. If you can shoot him, shoot him. Well, didn't you know the gator let him go but i tell you what that dog cherokee he just about wouldn't cross a mud hole after that i mean he just totally when the deer went to hit the edge of the lake he was stopped that's all there was to it he wouldn't go nowhere you know i mean he he learned his lesson on that one you know but yeah that's a pretty big thing down there in different places you know i was cooning one night lost a plot dog to him one night you know it's coming across the pictures you know dog tags in their bellies that's and, it you know like that's some of that's crazy yeah and, and then back then when they had the, the beeping collars there shoot because a gator he'll grab a dog and he'll stuff him under a log or stuff him under something you know well most collars are water crash him and you can find your dog go out in a boat find a beep and pull him up you know because they'll let they'll stuff him under and let him rot you know before they eat him you know so. right but on the ones you didn't have collars four years ago you just wrote it up well lost him got snake bit something you know, so right, but uh, yeah, like yeah. you're saying, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man, that'd be a whole different level. You think back, like when you start doing this and like some of the things that you never thought about, and now it's like all the years of experience and the things that you do think about, like, yeah, I would never want to lose my dogs to a gator. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to lose them, period. They don't have enough good years in them, right? I mean, right, the right. good years and good dogs, the, the spectrum. It's like that weird sliding scale. The really good ones don't ever seem to make it as long as some no. of the others. You, and you ain't wrong there. You either gonna you gonna lose him, get run over, or something's gonna kill him. But that one, that pot liquor over there, you can't get rid of him for nothing. 
Oh yeah, he's gonna live forever. Him away, you know. But uh, that's what Buddy joked around about one of his. She only stuck around so long because she figured she could get one more meal or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No, because they get to showing you a little promise, or you know the the breeding's there. Gosh, it's gonna click anytime. You know what I mean? And uh, right. You know, it's a good friend of mine. He had a plot dog down there. Um, she was two or three, and we were running dog the time before she ever kicked in. Prior to that, at a cage coon, anything, she was just like, well, whatever, you just run around. But she had good blood, and Brad just, he liked her and hung on to her. Boy, when she kicked it in, boy, she was a ball of fire. And then we lost yeah. her like a year later. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> Didn't have collars back then. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. After that, collars started coming in, and I held off for the longest time buying collars until we were, you all were talking about how much gas you can save, you know, by just having a collar. When you pull up to an True intersection, story. you're like, which way is the dog? Which way do I need to go? I used to wait till after dark, an hour or so after dark, while everybody got out of the woods, and I'd just go and look for tracks in that area yep. and just start tracking a dog and go from there and be calling them, you know? It's just... But, a little easier now, huh? Oh boy, how is it? Yeah, and my son, he got me into these here now, and um, yeah, coursing a dog is still the best. Yeah, like it's coursing dogs. People need to learn to course dogs and need to know what your dog sounds like. You know, there is a, <laughs> there is some folks out there that I know that I don't think they know the sound of their dog. You know, That's and true. don't know how to head a pack of dogs off. Listen to them, get ahead of them. You know. They're there. I don't know. You know, they're not a hound. Oh, I hear you. We can fill an hour with that. Yeah. You'll learn the game, learn how they run it. Yeah. Start learning your dog. Yeah. Especially when you got trail dogs and you're turning them out. You can just about, man, back then I could just about tell you when they're about ready to step on him. You know, you just, you could hear it in the dog, you know, and just. And ain't nothing better sound when they step on him and they all get up under him and they get they get to roll on him. You know, it's oh, just yeah. I don't know. It's always says, I, I want it to be a good race in my mind is if you take somebody that has no clue about any of this. And I've done this before. I used to have a dog, he was just picture perfect. You could tell every step of the way. And he's like, something's different. What happened? Yeah. Like the when you can hear that, and that's I love a good when, like you said, when they're getting ready to step on him, they oh, get him man. sweating. He's up and running. Yep. It's like, man, there is no better music in the world. Yeah, yeah right. Sound of music right there. It's, it's just, that's why you and I talked a little bit about it. I was telling that it's, um, I think it's, it's called the Big Scrub Winter Classic. And the last one I went to, been quite a few years ago, I think they turned like 700 had a walker dogs loose, you know, on a fox Jeez. trial. And that was unreal. And one of them, Hits it and it just they just funnel to him, you know, and it's just a roar running right back there. Just coming in. Oh, it was, it was probably 50, 100 headed dogs on that first one that went on, you know what I mean? The other ones are coming to it and then they're bumping stuff. And, you know, there was some trash running because I'm sure uh, deer and a fox are pretty darn close, you know, to smell, you know. And oh, yeah. so they would hit that and they would have deer races going. And, but boy, did it sound good, you know. Oh, bad. So. It was oh, a man. Yeah, I'll never forget when that Master Hounds guy down there said, you know, hunters released the hounds. Yeah, that's the first one I've ever been to. Did it on CB radio. Everybody's backed up same way. I'm all the way down that same road. Boy, the way they wall. Yeah. 
Really? Like it just got trucks backed up and they open that tailgate and there's dogs flying out of everywhere. Everything. It's crazy to watch. Yeah, you had some coming out babbling for sure. You know, they're just that's them young dogs. They'll come out and they'll go to babbling all the way to wherever, you know. Oh, yeah. But no, they were good, you know. And uh do y'all have anything like that up there on your fox trials or anything? Or no. I mean the field trials, they do like a big bear race or bobcat race sometimes, and you'll get a bunch of dogs in it, but not. If that's what they do nothing here. like that they'll do a drag bear race and they'll have the cat races i guess it is you know and they'll turn a bunch <laughs> yep. of dogs they have so many dogs and they run them in heats you know mm-hmm. i think i heard you say something about they did a three dog bear yeah a lot of places yeah. are going to a three dog pack race which pack is cool because you can just run your three and they gotta all make stakes come between and then they've all got a tree so if you got one that doesn't tree you get no time okay but it's pretty cool. I'll tell you, the guys that are doing them, hats off because it's a lot of work. I mean, yeah. they're adding a lot of legwork for the clubs and and the guys that are volunteering to judge and just keep things rolling because you're running three dogs at a time. And when you got 20 teams. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of racing. I did like the podcast you did a while back, but I don't know where y'all were at. I'm bad about that. Um, but somebody had their TV hooked up to the. They had hooked up oh, yeah. to the camper and all, and then they had the dog, the collars, the way they were. Yeah, that was at the Prineville trial, and they That's had not, it all hooked up. It was no. pretty slick. Yeah. Because um, now all the new Garmin stuff, you know, go into the Explore app, and everything can link up, you know. Right. So it's nice. You know, I think about it, like if somebody's riding with you, they can pull it up on their phone, but they can't control anything. Right. So you don't have to worry. Yeah. But, yeah, they had it hooked up to a big screen TV. Brad had his you know, awning kicked out. Yeah. So he should be charging admission, you know, I thought kick that was back out neat. of the rain and watch it. That's when you were saying that. Then when the dogs back come across the finish line, you could run out or to it and, you know. Yeah. It was only like, you know, 50 feet away or whatever. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. That, that is pretty darn neat right there, you know. So I know there's so much cool stuff as far as just all different regions. I'd love to make a trip and kind of touch base and, and go see a lot of these different things like the fox pins. I, yeah. Mine wouldn't do jack diddly squat they'd follow the first market dog in there, but <laughs> it'd be fun to go see yeah and same with like the deer dog and you know that's still a thing a lot of people forget even out here on the west coast you yeah. can still deer hunt in california with dogs oh do you it's really really restricted yeah yeah one it's one I, and i mean from what i remember it's one dog per tag so you oh, can really? hunt in a party yeah but you're really limited on dogs yeah dang Huh. So that, most are terriers. You know, a lot of them are running terriers. And, right, right. Yeah, when you have deer dogs, man. Gosh, I've run all kind of dogs. I used to tell people if, if a dang chihuahua would run a damn deer, I'd probably run him too, you know, because <laughs> they make enough right. noise, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I didn't know they did that in California, though. Huh. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. They're limited. You know, when I used to have Wisconsin shoot, I think we were – we were a sick dog limit on the ground at once, you know, and yep. that was 40 something years ago too. You know, when I went out first time, that's the only time I've been there. And we hunted, we was there for ain't two weeks and uh hunt about thing. I told you, I hunted with Peck and them. they were Wisconsin bear hunter association is what mm-hmm. they called them, you know? And, um, but you know, we could only run and we ran, we killed a salad there one time. God, I think she was 10 or 11 minutes, they figured, ahead of the dogs. And she was on the second pack of dogs. And the only reason why the old boy shot her, she got was she'd run her routes. 
You know what I mean? And she would run them old logging roads and make some time oh, up. Yeah. Well, then when she stepped off, the deer would do the same thing. He'll run that right there. He'll step off. Your dog's going to run past him a couple hundred yards and figure it ain't nothing there. They got, then they got to start hunting their way back, pick him up, and yep. they gain time. And he ended up shooting that, that sow right there. And she was, gosh, 10, 11, 12 minutes ahead of the dogs, he said. You know, he said, oh, really? he told me when he got there, he shot a run to him. He said, I had time enough to light a cigarette and smoke it before the first dog got here. So however long that takes you, I don't know. You know? Oh, wow. So, but they were, she was stretched out running just because she got to running in patterns like that. You know what I mean? He just, they started figuring it out, you know. To get smart. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, they're, I don't know. You can go by, you got tons of stories you can go off of. Gosh, you know. I know. It's a, we'll have to get back together again. We'll, yeah. I mean, we could sit and talk for hours. We did the other day, too. Yeah. I keep saying it. I always like talking to people before we get on and record. Gotcha. You know, just to get an idea of the personalities and yeah, kind of do some brainstorming. Yeah. But then I wish I would have recorded the first conversation. Because, you know, <laughs> shoot, we probably talked for 45 minutes then, too. Yeah. And we covered it. And gosh, and we talked about dog pens, everything. Dog pens. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. A, I think I'm going to do that. Me and my boys tell me I think I'm going to do that with the gravel. Just give yeah. her a try, you know, to try to do it. I think you'd be happy with it. It's good for drainage. I mean, we'll have to – maybe we'll we'll have a get back together once you try it out. Because yeah. I'm telling you, it made my dog's feet so tough. That's what you're saying. That's what we need, you know, I mean, just to do that. They're tough enough. Because down there, it was sand. And I had concrete pins. I had wooden pins. I had dirt floor pins just over the years. And – it didn't matter. First week or two, unseasoned dogs were running pads off. You had to put them up. I mean, yeah. they'd get up in the morning and come out of the dog out of the, their box and get in the dog box, but they weren't worth nothing much after. You know, they right. were just too dang sore. They couldn't hardly walk. You know, and then you get you get dealing with briars and everything else down there. It just uh, it works on. I'm sure it's tough. Them and the humidity. Yep, humidity. You know, it's uh when it's hot. Yeah, we've. Blew up a couple dogs on hot days. You can't get to them. Saved them. Boy, Gatorade nice. is a great thing for them. You know, when if you can get get yeah. to your dogs, I've had to go to them. Me and the wife has gone to me before by using the beep system because the dog ain't moving. You get back in there, and he just, you know, getting these big blocks. It's hot. Humidity's up. Yeah, you know, and just get to them. Get that Gatorade in them. You know, and takes them a couple weeks. They'll get back going again. You know. Yeah, it's definitely long term. Yeah, it, it oh, takes a little bit I, yeah. to get work back. I think it's just heat stroke, like it takes it out of people, you know. So well, pretty soon you won't have to worry about heat stroke. You're gonna here, be having no, snow it's for been, long. It's been hot here. It's been we've had a lot of hundred degree days, but today it's right now it's just smoking. You know, I mean it's yeah. you can't even here at the house, I walk out on the porch, I can't even see the mountains across the road in the house. It's just it's socked in thick, you know. So, you know the feeling. That's how yeah. we get it. It seems like every year. They finally got this one. You know, it's clearing up around here now. Nice. But, yeah, fire season's never fun. No, no. But, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I like, I've never listened to them. I started listening to y'alls, and I just enjoyed the heck out of them. i just never been this tech type stuff here, but. I go to the gym. Well, and, you can tell everybody how easy it was. It ain't that hard. You right? don't know it ain't hard. That's for dang sure. You know, <laughs> and I say, I go to the gym, man, I put them earbuds in, you know, and put y'all stuff on and roll with it. You know, it just makes it, I don't know. And then I usually listen to it on the way home, you know, the rest of it. <laughs> so it's just, it's all good. I like it. That's why I said. Well, I we appreciate it, man. 
I, I appreciate you reaching out to me too. It's always, it's fun meeting new people and, you know, like your experience from, you know, hogs to coons. And like I said, when I saw the phone number and I heard the accent, I'm in my head, I'm thinking one of these things don't match up. <laughs> <laughs> I told my wife when we got off the phone, I said, he used the phrase boy howdy. So I know we're good people. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Yeah, we could talk. So I'll tell you a few bear stories and stuff. Some some one of those. Well, let's do it. Let's yeah, get back dude. together sometime. You get some stories and we'll, we'll have another heyday here. Yeah, buddy. Enjoyed the heck out of it, man. All right, Skip. Well, hey, I really appreciate it, bud. And yes, we'll, sir. We'll stay in touch. Yes, sir. I'll thank you. You got my number. Yes, sir. All right. We talk to y'all later. All right. <laughs>